good thing I didn't have the microphone turned on. The correct Ephesians, chapter 3, verse number 1. For this cause, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, have something to share with you. And chapter 4, verse number 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Yesterday, I spent an hour or so looking at the timeline of the life of the Apostle Paul. I was trying to put together in my mind the relationship between Paul's years of free ministry, where he could go and say and do whatever he wanted to do, compared to those years when he was in prison. The relationship between the two, as far as time is concerned. About a dozen times in Paul's epistles, he refers to himself either in chains, or in bonds, or as a prisoner. Twelve times, at the very least. Those references meant something to him, because he kept bringing them up. And if they meant something to him, they should mean something to us. The little handout that I've given to you is not complete. Please understand that. Uh, it's a generalized outline of his life, which I gleaned from uh, a couple of books to begin with, and then I compared them with what I knew from the book of Acts, etc., etc. One of my sources was a harmony of the life of St. Paul by uh, Frank Goodwin. Harmony. It just explains his life and ties together uh, scriptures along with his epistles. The second is a larger book, which I need to reread. The last time I read it was, uh, I didn't even write that down, quite some time ago. Maybe I didn't read it at all. Maybe it's just been a reference book of mine. Anyway, this one is called Paul, an Apostle of the Heart Set Free by F.F. F. Bruce. And I got to thinking about that in the light of what I was trying to see, what I was trying to learn, I thought it was ironic that Paul's self-given title was the prisoner, Paul the prisoner. And Bruce says, oh, Paul, the one whose heart was set free. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, even though Paul's body was not always free, his heart was. And that's basically what we are dealing with this evening as a way of a, a devotion. Despite using differing dates on those sh that sheet that you have there, both of my authors generally agree about the length of Paul's various ministries. Basically, Paul enjoyed an open and unfettered ministry for 15 to 25 years, a couple dozen years. During those two decades, Paul and his associates went on four missionary journeys, three of which are described in the book of Acts. In 15 years, in 20 years, they set fires all over the place, which eventually 
grew together into a conflagration which consumed the entire Western world. Two decades. I have been here three. In 20 years, they set the world on fire. Wow! Isn't that something? Between his third missionary journey and his fourth, Paul was locked up for five years. Beginning in Caesarea, he was there for some time, and then he was transported to Rome, basically on his own demand, because things just weren't moving forward there in, in Israel. And that means that for a quarter of his ministry, Paul served the Savior as a prisoner in jail in prison, in bonds, in chains. And in that, I'm only considering the major imprisonments. There were those occasions when he spent a, a night in the uh, uh, Philippian remand center uh, in jail for a while. And that was not just the only time, I'm sure. There were other occasions. In 2 Corinthians 11, 23, while comparing himself to others, he said, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measures, in other words, beatings, he can't even remember how many. In prisons more frequent than anyone else, in prisons more frequent, in deaths, oft. What does he mean by in deaths, oft? Does that refer to threats against him? Does that refer to attempted murders? While he was still in Israel before he got sent to Rome, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they killed Paul. And they were more than 40 that made this conspiracy. Is this Paul's meaning when he says, in deaths oft, the black cloud that was always over his head wherever he went? Or was it more than once that he was stoned, killed, resurrected by the Lord? We know of this at least once there in Derby or Lystra, I guess it was. He was actually killed and apparently dead. And the Lord said, I'm not through with you yet. And brought him back to breathing and walking and preaching once again. Were there other occasions? I don't exactly know what Paul was pointing to when he said, in deaths oft. If you look at my little handout you'll see that 2 Corinthians was written before his major incarceration in Rome. But it was also after he was uh, stoned there in Lystra. Before making a couple of very simple devotional applications, I'd like to share some of Paul's references to his imprisonments. Listen carefully, because there will be a short quiz when I am done. 
Ephesians 3.1 For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, have these things to tell you. 4.1 I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Later in Ephesians 3.20, or 6.20 I am an ambassador in bonds that I that there I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In Philippians 1.7, I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. Philippians 1.13, my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in other places. Colossians 4.3 Pray for us that God would open unto us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Verse 18 The salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. Then to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.8 be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. 2 Timothy 1.16 The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. 2 Timothy 2.9 Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. And then to Philemon. Verse number one. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. And later in that book, letter, verse nine. Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged... And now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. These are, as far as I know, all of Paul's statements about bonds or chains or being in prison. My first question in the light of these verses is, how many times did Paul say, Oh, woe is me, I'm in chains. Nope. Not once in any of these verses or any other scripture that I am aware of did Paul ever feel sorry for himself because of his chains or because of any other limitations that were placed on his ministry. Limitations such as bad health, which some say that he had, or other weaknesses. Was he never angry with anyone for what they did to him? Did he attack the Philippian jailer? Or anyone else? And while never denying the Lord's sovereignty over his life, he was never unhappy with the Lord over the problems that he had to endure, the predicaments that he was placed in. He agreed with Peter and James that it was an exceeding great honor to suffer for Christ's glory. 
Second question. How often did Paul wish that others could be jailed with him? Did he hope that his persecutors could taste the same blood in their mouth after they got beaten? Or they could uh, feel the whip as he had felt the whip or the chains? Do, does he ever express a desire to get even with those people? Never. Never. Did he pray that other Christians might suffer as he was suffering? so that the uh, testimony of the gospel could be spread in the same way it was being spread through him. That's a corollary to that second question. In Acts 26, when he was standing before Festus and Agrippa in chains, he said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these chains. I don't wish these chains on anybody. Even in this, he wasn't complaining about being in chains. Third question, final question. You're doing well. You're all passing. How often did Paul say that he was a Roman prisoner? or that he was in Jewish chains? This is not a yes and no question. Never, <clears throat> never. Instead of these words, he called himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ, or the prisoner of the Lord, or he speaks of the bonds, his bonds in Christ. In other words, Paul did not consider himself to be a political prisoner. He was not a guest of the Roman Empire. What he was doing in the service of the Lord, whether in chains or freely running about Asia Minor, was due to his relationship to Christ Jesus. With these things in mind, I'd like to make a couple of uh, Christian applications. First, bonds and chains can come in various forms. For Paul, sometimes there were bars, sometimes there were chains, sometimes there were even stocks that locked his uh, ankles firm or perhaps even his, his wrists. And there were other occasions, as when he was in Rome, he was under house arrest with a guard or two watching him, but he was free to go about the house or maybe even to step onto the patio or the balcony and preach to people who were down there in the street. But since he doesn't speak of Roman imprisonments, is it possible that at times he was thinking about other things than bonds and chains when he said, I am a prisoner of the Lord. I'm just throwing this out to here. For example, when he refers to the imprisonment of the Lord, could he be thinking about his ministry as a servant of God? I am bound 
I've got to preach. There's a burning in my gut that, that forces me to, to preach the gospel. He might have pictured himself as a prisoner to the Lord even when he was free in Ephesus or Corinth. I'm not saying that he did. In fact, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but isn't prisoner possibly a, a synonym for a slave to Christ? Possibly. Again, let me stress, whatever it is, real or metaphorical, Paul was not disturbed by it at all. He considered it a blessing. Now we come to us. Do you ever feel as if you are imprisoned? Or at the very least, being kept in a temporary holding cell? Maybe you've never thought about that. There are so many limitations placed on our time and our situation. They may be likened to a jail. For example, we're definitely the prisoner of our own body. Judy used to work with uh, children who had bright minds, but bodies enslaved by various disabilities. And any of us can get like that from time to time. A virus may trap us at home. We have several tonight in jail. Arthritis might put a chain around our ankles or our wrists. So you can't go uh, door to door sharing the gospel with your neighbors because your knees or your lungs won't permit it. And your bad heart keeps you from standing behind the gospel pulpit. Does this mean there's nothing for you to do? We all know women, and even some men, who are locked into marriages which limit their ability to serve Christ. And that brings up gender in general. There are homes for battered and abused women where I might not ever have the opportunity to minister. And even if I could get into those homes, they might not listen to me because I am a man. Just as simple as that. And it may be that some Christian ladies would really make good preachers of the gospel, except the Lord has said no. So they have other ministries. And then there's the matter of age. It creeps up on all of us. And we find that we can't do the things that we once enjoyed doing. None of the scriptures which I read a few minutes ago refer to any limitations like this. But for the sake of a lesson, we can apply them in that direction. There are bonds and chains which the sovereign God lays upon us. They are not to be cursed. They are to be accepted. We're supposed to be like Paul, praising God for others who are out there doing what we cannot do. No matter what their motive is, they're doing it. Praise the Lord that they're doing that. In the meantime, we need to praise the Lord for the ability to do the few things that we can do, despite the chain on our ankle.
And what are some of those things which we can do from our little prison? After Paul's arrest in Jerusalem, the Lord gave him the opportunity to preach to Festus and Agrippa and Felix. Perhaps those ears would never have been available to Paul if he had not been arrested. I don't know, but that's a possibility. When surgery takes us into that little white cell in the hospital, people are brought into our lives who would not otherwise be there. We'd never meet them in any other situation. And if we are confined to home, sometimes our neighbors become available, or perhaps it's other relatives. We need to take advantage of each open door and each closed door. No matter where we are, we have the opportunity and the responsibility to live holy lives. Maybe being limited by this uh, virus, I can focus on my relationship to Christ for a while and not be consumed with doing all of these things I have to do. And uh, I grow sweeter or more holy as I should. After Paul's inter-prison transport, another set of doors were opened to him. In Philippians 1.13, he said, My bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in other places. What palace was that? Philippians was written from Rome, according to what we have in our Bibles. Most likely, while he was there, he was brought before Roman judges. Maybe those places are described as palaces. I don't know. And it was demanded, why are you here? Oh, let me tell you why I'm here. I'm here because I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. What an opportunity. What a tremendous open mic. What an opportunity to be a Christian before lost people. The book of Acts closes with the words, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and, all, and, all, and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ, preaching with all confidence, no man forbidding him. In his Roman imprisonment, in his house arrest, he received guests, strangers, Jewish leaders, Christian friends. The Roman Jews came to Paul's jail shortly after he arrived, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. He also witnessed privately to people. He led Onesimus, Philemon's former servant, to the Lord. Apparently in just uh, that limited sort of way. Not only did Paul preach and expound God's word, like uh, an incarcerated mafia boss, in some ways, he oversaw the missionary efforts that were still going on out there. For example, there were instructions that he gave to Timothy 
who is ministering back in Ephesus during a part of this time. I don't know whether Silas and Barnabas ever visited Paul in Rome. We have an indication that Timothy was there for a while. But he had other friends come by, some of whom were well known in Christian circles in their day. Maybe we don't know them. He wrote to Timothy and said, Eubulus greeteth thee, Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brethren send their greetings to you. So these people were known by others, whether we know them or not. While in Rome, Paul wrote and received letters from various churches. There were a few epistles that Paul wrote while he was going from place to place, while he ministered in Ephesus, while he ministered in Corinth. But the majority of his letters were penned when he had this time and opportunity, when he was in prison. Because he wasn't flying from one place to another place. He had the occasion, he had the time to do it. So Paul made the most of his limitations. His limitations were imprisonments. He looked at them as imprisonments by and for the Lord. And again, what's your prison? Do you look at yours the same way Paul looked at his? Maybe you've been sentenced to another six years of teenagerism. Praise God. You have access to people and situations now that your parents don't have. And when you get to be 22, 24, you may not have them anymore either. Use that incarceration for the glory of the Lord. Are you unable to get out and about? You can still pray for the preaching of the word. You can pray that others might go in your place. You can pray for the people who are hearing the word of God. You can use the telephone to encourage people. People that you know are going through tough times. Maybe you have a little cash that you can put in the mail to them. And then there is your Instagram account. You have one of those, don't you? You can always use that to share the gospel. I honestly at times feel bound. Primarily because of time. I'd like to do this and I'd like to do that and I just... It's, a, it's an imprisonment of sorts. There are things that I'd like to do, but because I have other important things to do, my hands are tied. My feet are tied. What must I do? What must we all do? Use even our limitations for the glory of the Lord. In those things that I have to do, I need to throw myself wholeheartedly at those things. Even though they are a Roman cell. May God open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which we are in bonds. Colossians 4 verse number 3.